0: Have you ever gotten into a heated disagreement with a partner or child, and in a fit of frustration accidentally blurted out one of those generalizations that's like throwing gasoline on a fire? Like, why do you always have to be late? It's not like all that extra time in front of a mirror is going to change anything. Or, why are you so lazy? Is it really that hard to pick up wet towels off the floor? Probably not the smartest move, right? We usually know better than to say things like this that would antagonize our loved ones, But have you ever noticed that we often talk to ourselves in a way that would get us slapped in regular life? Psychologists have recently begun to emphasize the virtues of a skill called self-compassion. It's sort of like the golden rule in reverse, where you learn to treat yourself with more understanding and kindness. Which sounds like a nice thing to do for ourselves in theory, but for many high achievers, it's a strategy that feels really wrong. Perhaps it's because it sounds vaguely like giving ourselves an easy out for mistakes or feels akin to lowering our performance standards. So, does self-compassion apply to high achievers? Or is it something that might lead to better psychological well-being, but ultimately keep us from realizing our full potential? Well, before we get to this question, what is self-compassion anyhow? Self-compassion refers to the practice of approaching your setbacks, failures, and shortcomings from a warmer and less judgmental perspective. The alternative being impatience, harsh self-deprecating criticism, and a zero-tolerance policy for anything short of perfection. At first glance, it might sound like self-compassion is about letting yourself off the hook for your mistakes, but I don't think that's quite it. Self-compassion is about cultivating a more constructive response to challenging times, where rather than blaming, judging, or deciding that you suck, or trying to massage your ego by telling yourself that you're wonderful, you simply accept your results for what they are and see them as an inevitable speed bump on the path to your destination. It's about acknowledging that you didn't get the results you wanted, and also that these blunders aren't signs from the universe suggesting that you're a worthless, good-for-nothing, talentless dingbat, but simply that your work is not done. And what's all of this good for? Well, research has begun to highlight a number of benefits from being more self-compassionate. These include more positive mood and emotion, greater optimism and happiness, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and even better romantic relationship behavior because self-compassionate partners, it seems, are more caring and supportive and less controlling and aggressive. So it's no surprise that more folks are finding ways to incorporate this ethic into their lives. But high-level athletes and other high-achieving types are understandably a little wary. There can be a fear of losing one's competitive edge, that extra something which helps you stay one step ahead of everyone else. Might a daily dose of self-criticism and verbal abuse be the price we have to pay for extraordinary achievement? Researchers at UC Berkeley wanted to see how self compassion would affect students' behaviors after doing poorly on a test. Specifically, would they respond to poor performance by studying more or less? 86 students took a 10 item GRE style antonyms test that was designed to be really difficult. On average, the students got 4 out of 10 correct on this first test. In other words, they failed but they were given an opportunity to redeem themselves on a second test, for which they were provided a list of words and definitions to study. Each student was allowed to study as long as they wanted, but before they received the study material, one group of students was given a specific message designed to activate a self-compassion mentality. The message was, If you had difficulty with the test you just took, you're not alone. It's common for students to have difficulty with tests like this. If you feel bad about how you did, try not to be too hard on yourself. Another group of students was given a slightly different message, to activate a self-esteem-based mentality. Their message was, If you had difficulty with the test you just took, try not to feel bad about yourself. You must be intelligent if you got into Berkeley. A third group served as a control group and received no messages, just the study words and definitions. And did these different messages affect their study behavior at all? Well, as predicted, there were significant differences between the three groups in terms of how much time they spent studying for the next test. The self-compassion group studied longer on average than either of the other groups, about 33% longer than the self-esteem group, and a whopping 51% longer than the control group. And as you can imagine, those who studied longer tended to get higher scores on the second test. This area of research is still relatively new, so there isn't a ton of data explicitly linking self-compassion to an increase in performance among elite performers quite yet. Nevertheless, this study and a growing number of others do provide important pieces of the puzzle. Puzzle pieces which actually seem to represent many of the key ingredients that are important for maximizing and fulfilling our potential. For instance, does self-compassion increase our belief that a shortcoming can be changed with hard work? It seems to, yes. Might self-compassion increase our motivation to honestly confront our weaknesses and take steps to correct them? Yes again. And could self-compassion help us get through the mopey, defeated pint of Ben and Jerry's while watching Netflix stage more quickly so we can get back to work and do what we need to do to make our next effort more successful? Yes again to this. At the end of the day, self-compassion seems to help us be more resilient and motivated in the face of setbacks, and leads to greater positive efforts than when we beat ourselves up for failure. So it does not mean having to become complacent and lazy. After all, I think there is a fundamental difference between complacency, where you tell yourself it's no biggie to mess up, and self-compassion, where you tell yourself that it's okay to not be perfect all the time, especially given that mistakes are a normal and integral part of learning and growth, expected of everyone, and don't make you a worthless person no matter how frustrating or mortifying they might feel at the time. You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. And if you'd like to explore this sort of thing in more depth, whether it be to get more out of your daily practice or to get better at managing performance pressure and shrinking that gap between what you can do in the practice room and what comes out on stage, you can learn more about the live and self-paced courses that are available at bulletproofmusician.com courses.